Hello and welcome to the Angelist India Radio. Through these conversations, we're taking you inside the minds of great investors, experienced founders and talented experts. Angelist India pioneered new concepts in startup fundraising and investing for India. You can find out more about us on angel.co/india. Let's dive in. Hey guys, uh today I'm very excited to have Rajiv uh who's become a close friend uh, recently and I've interacted with him uh, ever since uh, he started uh, heading Antler in India and we'll touch upon that a little bit more and uh, he's been of course known as the co-founder of Urban Ladder as well they revolutionized how people buy furniture online and that recently ended up in an acquisition by Reliance as well and I think a lot of you have been wanting to ask how that happened so before we dive into his latest journey Rajiv uh welcome to the show anything that you want uh to mention about urban ladder and the acquisition that you've not uh, spoken about before and your journey just the journey about being an entrepreneur and doing that uh from like 7 8 years now thanks sudsel first for having me and uh, it's always you know fantastic to talk about a 7 year experience over a 3 minute uh, podcast but uh, <laughs> you know especially when it's been acquired and it's been in the news in the last 3 months but really for me personally you know uh if i were to just talk about a couple of minutes on the urbland journey i think it was phenomenal in terms of the learning in terms of confidence in terms of i think what we achieved uh, in creating a category making nps even a concept for india and startups to look at uh, building a brand when the word d2c does not it did not even exist i think it's been a phenomenal journey and of course you know as a company we've gone through our own ups and downs as a founder i've gone through my own ups and downs and uh, if i were to just take a minute about uh, the most recent news about urban ladder reliance i think see as a company there are different stakeholders it starts from everyone from customers to employees to the ecosystem to financial stakeholders and uh, there are obviously points in time where uh, you know a specific kind of a path for a company makes sense and somewhere around the 1920 we figured that uh, profitability and making this efficient is the direction forward uh, from a capital perspective of course covid did strike urban ladder to pretty hard uh, as it did to other businesses and sometime in the middle of covid uh, you know we obviously realized that the best path forward for all of these different stakeholders uh, albeit that you know some stakeholder or the other was probably going to uh, get hit compared to what the expectations were uh which was the financial stakeholders was getting acquired by reliance reliance is the number one company in india and if uh, reliance acquires a company that's fantastic for the customers for the ecosystem for the products for expansion so i believe it was a, a you know a great answer hopefully for customers for the employees that continued uh and for me as a brand as a company there are points in time where the entity or the property or the company needs its own path and whatever is right at that particular point in time is the angle forward so it's sort of what i call a fresh fourth lease of life for a ladder uh happy to talk about the other three too but uh, you know that's at least the way a founder would uh, see it in my mind what did you guys uh, think when uh, i mean when you were starting up urban ladder uh, i mean did you think it would come this far and uh, would you be able to convince so many indians to buy furniture online <laughs> you know it's uh, obviously difficult to rewind back 9 10 years you know on the thought process honestly you know it was just two people you know two friends who were you know very excited about uh, doing something which created impact and had some kind of a legacy beyond our own lives uh we started off you know literally when we started it said okay let's solve something meaningful let's 
let's shake up an industry uh, and let's bring in good customer sensitivity, good design and strong culture into a company and let's figure out what happens. We really had a bank balance and some money to say, okay, uh, next 18, 24 months, if this all goes to nothing, uh, we can always get back a job and uh, we would be fine. And uh, of course, we had no plans or no direction at that time on how and what was going to happen. And I think over those uh, seven, eight years uh, before, uh, you know, the Reliance thing happened, I think we've gone through so many different sub journeys, I would say, uh, which was what I was referring to, uh, right, in terms of three distinct phases. And I don't think any of those phases even at the start of that phase, I could have imagined that that phase was going to happen, right? So three phases being really first two years, very thought through, make it efficient, build a brand, have something where you just figure out whether customers are ready to buy furniture online, create a category at some level. Next two years, crazy scale up, uh, you know, raising uh, obviously a lot of venture capital, just expanding to cities, categories, sourcing engines, TV advertising, fancy office, all of the scale ups uh, in the 14, 16 time period. Then what I would call making it more efficient, a bit of a pullback, uh, omnichannel retail, this was in the 17, 18 time period, right? And somewhere, you know, in phase four, we thought, you know, we'll raise uh, external money and go for an IPO, right? And that was sort of the original plan in the 19, 20 time period. Of course, it turned out to be a, a slightly different kind of a direction for phase four compared to our original plans. But really through that entire journey, I don't think at the start of any phase we would have expected uh, fully well as to what the next phase would have been. You know, some by design, some by sort of, you know, results, outcomes. It's sort of a mix. But I think overall turned out to be a great brand for, uh, uh, you know, uh, lacks of customers. And I don't think we could have imagined anything better. The other thing, you know, I just still go back to the first car conversation. We were driving in Indranagar uh, in Bangalore. Mm -hmm. uh, this was mm -hmm. September 2011, right? And uh, wow. Ashish and me didn't even have an idea of it going to be furniture. We said, let's actually, funnily, the first idea was online grocery. Okay. And uh, we just in one month sort of pitched that idea and over the next three months by December 2011 moved to home and furniture after a bunch of conversations. But really, we only said three things. And I think on all three fronts, I would say we have held the promise to our own consciousness. Three, first one was build a, a super customer-centric brand, uh, something that India has never seen. And we were super inspired by Zappos and Tony Shea. Two is have a set of team members, have a set of uh, great, uh, uh, you know, folks who will have such an accelerated learning and uh, will be stepping up far beyond their own potential. And I think we have, a, I think, a thousand final people have passed through the Urban Ladder system and every one of them, I think, will watch for the Urban Ladder experience. And third was to build a company that really stands uh, in terms of test of time and create something uh, very ethical, very honest, very transparent, at the same time stands as a brand that people sort of believe in. And I think all three were sort of ticked off. And as I said, it was not even home decor or furniture on day one, but uh, that was sort of uh, what it turned out to be. Interesting. And uh, in hindsight, with the benefit of hindsight, two things you would have done differently or two learnings? It's sort of, you know, <laughs> this is one of those topics that everyone wants to know, but I don't think too many things I would have done differently, honestly, with Sir, right? And this is not a politically correct answer. It's just uh, 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 generally, I don't think if you had known, uh, maybe, you know, if uh, in that crazy scale-up period as well as the crazy pullback period, I don't think we would have done the extremes. I think we sort of utilized and did the scale-up too fast, almost like 12x or 13x in two years in the middle. I think we would have done that far more steadily, right? And kept one aligned strategy, not done this uh, too much spiky up and too much spiky down. And when we pulled back, we pulled back and made it too efficient uh, all at one shot. And the market was sort of demanding momentum in hindsight, right? So somewhere a more steady approach to those four years, I would have said would have 
helpless. Uh, and again, you know, all of that in hindsight. But otherwise, it's uh, very difficult to predict that. But that's the only thing that maybe I would have done differently. Awesome. Now, uh, welcoming you to the other side of the table. Uh, so now you're on the investor's uh, side. So describe for our listeners, what is Antler? Uh, they're also fairly young in their journey of changing things around at the early stages. And you also recently joined them. Uh, give us the uh, color behind uh, Antler. I actually, before getting into Antler, I think it's also important to get into why Antler or why even investing on early okay. stage, right? I think, yeah, I so, that. okay, awesome. So, uh, see, I was obviously, you know, somewhere around 2019 is when I decided, you know, Urban Ladder is, I think, far better off uh, without me professionally there in it because I think I had outgrown the company and outgrown me. Uh, and I just felt there were better people. And somewhere I took sort of almost a year off between June 2019 and 20. And, it was a confused zone, you know, at 40, you know, you also sort of think about, okay, what do you want? Uh, the next 20 years of your life, where do you want to get associated? And I sort of... Meaning of life uh, question. Oh, yeah. The midlife <laughs> crisis is pretty true, that 35 to 40. And, you know, all of us go through it. And Arusa, I know we've had chats on this topic, uh, you know, before you got on to Angel List. And of course, uh, you know, Angel List and Naval has been my biggest inspiration. And I'm sure every startup... Uh, uh, you know, person in India is going to say that in some form or the other. But I genuinely, in 2016, I'm not kidding. Uh, I was going through this massive set of uh, challenges personally and professionally. Around end 2016, I just took a, uh, you know, I was just driving around uh, in the US and I listened to Nawal's very famous podcast with Tim Ferriss. I think I listened to it some wow. three or four times. Uh, and everything changed in life. Right? I literally, you know, I also have a, a, a personal hobby called One Life Theory, and uh, which is around happiness and uh, expanding on people's potential. And really, the framework of that came out of a couple of his podcasts. And the reason why I'm sort of uh, elaborating on this is not as much because I'm doing this for Angelus, but really because that sort of shook me up, right? And then 16 to 18, I sort of evaluated, okay, what next? And somewhere around 2018, 19, I was pretty clear, okay, if this is probably not it for me. What is it going to be? And I got into the next level of, okay, what are the foundational advantages I have or what are the weaknesses I have? The first one I realized very quickly was, I really loved early stage, right? Even in the Herbal Ladder journey, I think in the first four years. And then, you know, in Herbal Ladder, I used to handle product technology, HR, culture, people, and in the first two, three years in the marketing and the brand and, you know, just the communication and stuff, right? And somewhere if you are in the middle of technology, product, people, and brand, you sort of carry that forward. And I was pretty clear that these are the three functional areas that I wanted to do. And also wanted to sort of do this very early stage. So somewhere again, right? I, I, as I said, figured that I would be a far better facilitator and enable uh, hundreds of founders than just being one founder myself, right? So these were two big, you know, self-realizations. And one of the big things with entrepreneurship is, I think, the self-awareness quotient shoots through the roof. Uh, you know, you're you're thrashed so much to the ground across all those experiences that you better become very self-aware. And, I think that was a big impact, right? And so all of this mixed, I think, in that, uh, you know, 1920, when I took the break, factored all this in saying, okay, India's startup ecosystem, last eight years I've been there, outcome, whatever it was, but I think I want to sort of translate that learning to really force multiply and leverage and work with hundreds of founders to very early stage because that's where I think there's a lot of impact that can be given because I had personally never an investor. I had never invested anything. 
so for me to suddenly become an investor, ha, you know, nice uh, wishful thinking. But I said, okay, at that very early stage, people are really not just looking for money. People are looking for a far different set of things. And I remember even in our own early days in the first six, nine, 12 months of starting up, there's a bunch of help that we obviously at that time, the ecosystem was very small. But as founders, we required right? and to help prepare the founders for what's going to come up next in the next four years. I think there's a huge role for someone who's been a founder in the last eight, nine years in this growing startup ecosystem to play. Right. And I had not seen any one single founder switch over to the other side. Right. And the other side is called the dark side. I'm sure <laughs> there's a specific reason. But I just felt that, uh, no, we need to lighten that side up and uh, some more founders need to come. And you see that in the valley. You see that in China. You see that uh, this sort of. Uh, decade, you are going to have a bunch of people who have been founders who are going to come to this quote-unquote other side and help founders far more than just being active angels. Right? Of course, you have a lot of founders who become active angels, uh, people who made a lot of money, uh, and, uh, uh, but you need a far more institutional setup. And so the third one also I was pretty clear was to build an institution to give this answer and not just be a freelancer or a, a, a be an individual who was giving this answer. Right. So the moment I said this, right, which is one, really help very early stage partner with founders to to be able to build an institution and three to do this in the india startup ecosystem and to be better to this ecosystem for the next 10 years 20 years i figured that this essentially meant that hey the what are the roots there you either become a founder again to you become a freelancer advisor or an angel uh, i've never done that before so i sort of quickly removed that three partner with someone and build this out in a way that has not been done before. So that was the route I took. And that's when Antler came into the picture. I, you know, it was a very serendipitous thing. Antler reached out to me on LinkedIn. They had been hunting in India for the previous one year to sort of, you know, set up India operations. I talked to a bunch of very good friends in the early stage ecosystem, understanding where the gaps were, did one accelerator, incubator, uh, early stage founder survey on LinkedIn to figure out whether the need was real or was it an you know, imaginary need. So putting all things together, sort of fast forward, I said, OK, there is a particular stage of this Indian ecosystem that mandates that an institutional play in this very, very early stage of uh, starting up is required. There is not anyone who's doing it as much as the Indian ecosystem is far more active on the capital front with, you know, AngelList, Venture, you know, uh, uh, Let's Venture and a bunch of others, as well as a huge number of angels. There's not an institutional play to do this uh, where the co-founder almost act as a temporary co-founder to the founder, right? And work with them in the first three to six to nine months to really take them to a VC. So Antler is an early stage VC. It's a global VC. It's one of the fastest growing companies. It's only two and a half years old. India's 11th geography, wow. two and a half years. And uh, I was pretty amazed that, you know, and it was a completely... Yes. Antler, sure, it's a company and a VC. But tell us a little bit more about the Antler platform. Uh, you sure. mentioned very interesting, almost act as a co-founder to the founders at the earliest days. I think yes. that's a very interesting line. Expand on that. Yes, sure. So that's sort of what actually, you know, made me uh, got into this. Right. So Antler, you know, just for context, is a two-year-old company headquartered in Singapore. India has 11th geography. Antler has established a platform which goes super early where Antler's core program, uh, you know, it's two phases. The first phase is to really work with people who are still working in big corporates or companies who want to start up and who want to find their co-founder. So what Antler does in the first 10 weeks is to work with these people and take them to the next stage, which is, you know, to actually get the first version of that product out, right? 
In India, we did a tweak to this, right? We said, okay, you know, we did a survey uh, and this is where I was pretty, you know, helped uh, a lot by getting a very strong set of early team members. And as you know, uh, Nitin, who has been on this show as an investor, uh, sort of mm -hmm. came on yeah. board in January around 20 days back. And between Nitin and me, we have been talking for the last seven months to do something together. Uh, you know, he has been sort of advising us and we said, okay, why don't, you know, we like uh, what each other brings to the table. It's a great complementary set of skill sets. Let's do this together with Antler, right? So... Imagine what we're creating is an institution that not just brings capital, also provides that platform. And when I say a platform, what are the key things of this platform? One is really go-to-market access. Because Antler is global, we are able to take early-stage companies who want to build for the globe from India, whether that's enterprise tech, whether that's consumer tech, whether that's consumer products, really take them global from day one. There's not a single platform that exists in India today. Two, to be able to get this founder journey, and this is where we obviously differ from the set of companies called incubators and accelerators, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, what happens is uh, a generic incubator or accelerator, which is uh, horizontal, sort of tries to obviously give a set of masterclasses, a set of uh, platform help, right? On hiring or a bunch of others. What we do is two things which is different. One is we not just provide the capital required at that stage, which is maybe a 150K to 200K, but we also sort of reserve 500K to 700K capital for immediately the next round, which is a reasonable amount of capital. And we also have a global fund, which reserves four to seven million capital, right, to do Series A and Series B. So that's something very unique. Two is the way we provide this foundational help is also to go very specific into build design and GTM, right? So we are building a very strong, very specific advisor partner network, right? It could be companies, it could be advisors to help companies in that, what we call the minus one to zero, zero to one phase, uh, who are just about building MVP. So we go at a level which is earlier than when people come to angels or even the uh, seed and series A, right? Because at that time, you're really customer validating, you're building MVP. So these are the two, three very specifics that we are in India, Help it, trying to do with the companies and yeah it's a it's a great journey it's a great mission it's going to be obviously a very long-term thing but uh very excited because we've got 1700 applications 1800 and we have to pick 25 founders to work with so that's where what we are back in the middle of what are the plans for antler in india uh, for this year uh, and when do you start like accepting sort of uh, starting the batches so exactly so that's sort of you know great way to sort of uh, end this conversation we actually opened up our first program 1800 applications from super interesting founders we're picking 25 of it so it's a it's a humongous task for us and uh, that's bang in the middle of what we are so if you're an early stage founder please reach out to us india-apply at antler.co or india at antler.co and we would love to talk to you and uh, that's, uh, you know, that's the biggest plan, you know, in addition to a bunch of other things which are working in the background, but really looking forward to working with super exciting uh, early scale, early stage founders. No, Rajiv, this has been a pleasure and thank you so much for uh, enlightening us uh, today uh, with your journey and learnings from Urban Ladder, but also uh, sharing more what your next steps are uh, with Antler and uh, wishing you and uh, Nitin the best at Antler India. Thanks. Thanks for being a, a great uh, support here and uh, looking forward to working with Angelist and with you. It's, uh, thanks for having me here. Cheers, Rajiv. Have a good one.